SBS, a world of difference. You're with NITV Radio, on mobile, online and on radio. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land NITV Radio broadcasts from, the Camaragal people and their elders past and present. We also acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander tribes and clans we broadcast to, from the mountains to the plains, from the desert to the sea, from fresh water to salt water. Yama, I'm your host, Nairi Pakai, and welcome to NITV Radio for this Friday, 5th, January 2024. Coming up on today's show, NITV speaks with the newest board member of Aurora Education Foundation, Sharon Davis, previously working as the Director of Education at AATSIS, an Oxford Scholar and Honorary Research Fellow. They share with NITV the next step. And... We share some stories from NITV news team from the Summer Yarn series, revisiting deadly stories from 2023. All these stories and more coming to you after the weekly news wrap-up. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy erected outside Parliament. The native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. The end of unsustainable commercial logging in Western Australia could save almost 20,000 square kilometres of forest, the state government says. Chopping down native kari, jara and wandu hardwood in the state's southwest and selling it is banned from Monday this week. Under the new forest management plan 2024 to 2033, native timbers can only be felled for ecological thinning to enhance forest health and resilience from drought and bushfires. The government has invested $350 million into Western Australia's softwood pine plantations to supply construction industry with timber. The Australian Defence Force has sent out into southeast Queensland to help with the recovery from storms and heavy rain. The Federal Emergency Management Minister, Murray Watt, has confirmed 120 personnel have head down to the Gold Coast, Scenic Rim and Logan from Thursday. The assistance comes amid ongoing flood warnings in the state's Capricornia and southeast coast regions, with heavy rainfall also forecast for Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. Really the reason for activating ADF personnel now is that while Queensland had access both internally and through other states to a range of resources leading up to now, the compounding effect of this heavy rainfall and flooding on the damage that we'd already seen with the storms meant that, uh, frankly, Queensland did need a bit of a hand with extra resources uh, and uh, they were brave enough to ask and we we were happy to deliver with that uh, support as well. Authorities are reminding residents that the risk of flash flooding across south-east Queensland remains high and have urged people in affected areas to stay off the roads. Mr Watt has also said the government will continue to monitor heavy rain and storms in New South Wales in the Northern Rivers region. 
Court Systems Victoria, CSV, has apologised for any distress caused by the cyber attack on audiovisual technology network used in the state's courts and tribunals. The breach occurred between the 1st of November and the 21st of December and involves unauthorised access to saved files on the network, including video, audio recordings and transcripts. In a statement, CEO Louise Anderson says Court Services Victoria acknowledges the incident will be upsetting for those involved in hearings during the time. However, she notes that almost all court and tribunal hearings are held in public and are not confidential. CSV says no other systems or personal records were accessed. Victoria Premier Ben Carroll has told ABC News the government is working to identify the source of the attack. I understand court operations have not been affected. I understand that this attack has been essentially confined and uh, all court cases, uh, all hearings, uh, all evidence, all procedure is uh, being th- is thoroughly protected and uh, we're very confident that we'll get to the bottom of it. The arrival of the new year brings with it a number of new laws, regulations and benefits for several people across the country. Almost a million Australians receiving youth, student and carer support are set to receive a 6% boost from January 1st, 2024. Youth allowance is increasing between $22 and $45 a fortnight, along with disability support pension. Meanwhile, prescription prices covered under the pharmaceutical benefits scheme are dropping, with the maximum cost for general patients falling 29% down to $30. Despite new measures, the there are some, such as the CEO of the Australian Council of Social Services, Cassandra Goldie, who says it simply isn't enough. Look, every dollar will help people who are severely financially distressed, but we need a much bigger package of relief for people on low incomes. We should be cancelling those stage three tax cuts. Uh, We cannot afford them. We need those dollars to be going to people who really need them, not people on the highest incomes in the country. Multiple states and territories are set to swelter in the new year as a heat wave grips much of Northern Australia. Parts of Queensland and Northern Territory and Western Australia have been put on high alert with temperatures forecast to be 8 to 12 degrees Celsius above average. The Bureau of Meteorology issued a heat warning to Northern Territory, Queensland and Western Australia, while the South faces milder weather. An extreme heat wave warning in place for Northern Territory's Tiwi District and Kimberley, Pilbara and North Interior Districts in Western Australia. Temperatures in remote towns Marble Bar and Roeburn in northwest of WA were expected to reach 48 degrees earlier this week. Most towns in Northern Territory's Barclay region were expected to tip the 40-degree mark. The United Nations projects, uh, projects rising rental prices are likely to limit progress on inflation in Australia this year. The intergovernmental organisation has inflation falling fairly gradually in New South in Australia and New Zealand over the next 12 months, with competitive rental markets largely responsible for the sluggish progress. 
the UN's 2024 World Economic Situation and Prospects report said inflation is projected to remain relatively high in Australia and New Zealand in 2024 due to acceleration in rental prices driven by housing supply shortages. Australia's consumer price inflation is tipped to ease to 3.3% in 2023, according to the UN's forecast before sinking to 3% in 2025. Annually, Australia's inflation grew 5.4% through September quarter, down from 6% in the June quarter. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says 12 Australians who were on board a Japan Airlines flight that collided with a Coast Guard aircraft and burst into flames are safe and accounted for. All 379 people on board the flight escaped the burning airline after the collision at Tokyo's Haneda Airport, although five of the six crew on the smaller plane died in the incident. The smaller Coast Guard plane was heading to Nagata Airport on the Japanese west coast to deliver aid following the devastating earthquake which struck the region on New Year's Day. Prime Minister Albanese says the aircraft collision was tragic, but all Australians involved escaped uninjured. Tragically, there was a a plane crash at Haneda Airport uh, in Tokyo. Uh, We understand that there were 12 Australians on board that Japan Airlines flight, but all of those people are safe and accounted for. However, any Australians in need of emergency consular assistance should contact the Australian Government's 24-hour consular emergency centre. Home buyers struck in, stuck in limbo due to unfinished houses have been thrown a lifeline in Western Australian government loans to help struggling builders complete projects. The $10 million program will provide interest-free loans of up to $300,000 for WA builders with houses that have been under construction for more than two years. State Treasurer Rita Stafford Staffiotti says this program aims to help those who bought a house but aren't in a position to live in it due to high building costs. This is all about making sure homeowners have the ability to move into a home that they've purchased or they've been building for a number of years. It's targeted for those homes that have started more than two years ago. So as we said, we believe there are hundreds of these types of homes that are out there where they're in a stalemate with the builder. The builder doesn't have the ability to finish those projects and we've support, we're creating a new facility to support the completion of those projects. The loan facility is intended to assist residential builders with cash flow problems, prevent construction company insolvency and boost housing supply. Australians with newly diagnosed advanced ovarian cancer now have access to cheaper treatment. The drug Olaparib, sold under its brand name Linpaza, has now been included under the pharmaceutical benefits scheme. Without subsidy, the treatment can cost patients more than $123,000 per course. 
The listing is expected to help around 200 women each year. Acting Chief of the National Ovarian Cancer Advocacy and Support Services, Bridget Bradhurst, says that people cannot be missing out on the drug that could increase their survival rates. With a drug like this that can delay recurrence and sometimes improve survival, we really don't want to have people missing out. So um, in order for it to be equitable, for all uh, women across Australia, we have to see it listed on the PBS. So that's why this is such significant news for our community. Residents in southeast Queensland are finally set to have power restored after wild weather lashed the area over Christmas and New Year period. Queensland Premier Stephen Miles said the region is now in recovery mode with more Australian Defence Force troops arriving this week to assist the hardest hit areas. More than 130,000 people were hit by blackouts with more than 6,000 still without electricity. But most should be restored by the end of the week with more than 1,000 energy crews on the ground in recent days. More rain is on the way for the southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales on Friday 5th, but the Bureau of Meteorology does not expect a repeat of the wild weather. A child has become the latest fatality on Victorian roads a week into 2024, a head-on collision between two cars travelling around 10 kilometres west of Geelong left one child dead and five others seriously injured. A second child in the same car initially suffered life-threatening upper body injuries, but an Ambulance Victoria spokesperson said the child is now in stable condition. A major collision investigation unit is yet to determine what caused the crash. Investigations are ongoing. The summer drowning toll has risen after a 53-year-old man became the latest fatality on the New South Wales south coast. The man died drowning in a river, taking the national summer toll to more than 40 since December 1st. Emergency services were called to the Yawaka River in Nethercote near Eden about 3pm on Thursday. The 53-year-old man had reportedly been struggling in rough water and police and ambulance paramedics were unable to revive him. The number of summer drownings so far is more than that at the same time last year as Australians flocked to the waterways across the country. Police in Northern Territory have seized a car they believe could be connected to the death of a young 19-year-old man near Alice Springs, whose body was found on remote highway near Andula Station on New Year's Day. Assistant Commissioner Travis Worst says the seized car is a black-coloured dual-cab Ford Ranger ute, which is understood to have been driven driving around Alice Springs during the early morning of New Year's Day through until the early afternoon. He asked the community to come forward with dash cam footage if they saw the car during that time. Any information that anyone has, 
about that vehicle or anything else they're aware of that may relate to this particular tragedy, we ask those members of the public to come forward. All avenues of this investigation are open and we're looking at it objectively. That is why the vehicle is currently being forensically examined. In tennis, Australia has made it through to the United Cup semi-finals after Alex de Menor stunned world number one Novak Djokovic 6-4, 6-4 in straight set defeats. While Djokovic struggled, de, de Menor was on fire from the outset of Wednesday night's match winning 6-4, 6-4 in 93 minutes to give Australia a 1-0 lead in the best-of-three match quarterfinal tie. Dimonor spoke to reporters following his first-ever win over the world number one. I'm never going to be the biggest or the strongest guy, so uh, I've got to adapt. I've got to show that I've got uh, variety in my game and I've got different styles of uh, playing tennis. And... I'm glad I was able to, to bring uh, this level today. Meanwhile, Isla Tomajanovic also secured victory for Australia in a spot in the semi-finals with a 6-1-6-1 win over world number 184, Natalia Stevanovic. In football, Charlotte Grant has completed her first move to Tottenham Hotspur, becoming the latest Australian to join the Women's Super League. The 22-year-old capitalised on the excellent season with Swedish first division side Vetage, with whom she had 23 appearances and two goals in the previous season. Grant was also a member of the Matildas side that took part in the 2020 Olympics. In her first interview as a Spurs player, Grant has made reference to her first goal with the Matildas, which was coincidentally scored against England. It was an incredible moment to um, score my first goal. I think um you know, every time you put on the your national team jersey is, is a huge honour. It's something I've dreamt of ever since I was a little a little girl and to score that goal was um, was incredible. I think that's when I really felt part of the team with um, the response everyone had around me. And that is NITV News wrap up of the week.